This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. I'm moving to Florida in a few months. Oh, you are? Oh, sick. To live with my mom so we can save money. We want to buy a house out here Mm -hmm. in Northern California. Mm -hmm. So that's like, the goal is to get there in and out. Because I don't really want to raise my kid in Florida. Why not? Um, Just because of Florida, how Florida is, Mm -hmm. you know? And the South is. I mean, I love Miami. And Miami's completely different from Florida, I feel like. But uh, the education system there is not that great. And, you know, I want my daughter to have, like, I want my daughter to learn about critical race theory, you know? And I don't want it to be, like, be in a place where it's outlawed. Mm -hmm. That's insane, you know? And I don't know if Florida's doing that. I think they might be doing that from what I, you know, heard. But that's crazy, you know? Why not decolonize our minds, you know? Like, we, we should learn about what our past. Because if we don't know about our past, how the hell are we going to fucking change the future? And, and they don't teach that in and Florida? They don't teach that in, yeah, in Florida, Texas, some parts of the South. I'm pretty sure, you know. And, and there's certain math books that are being ripped out of, like, you know, uh, the education system because there's, like, hints of critical race theory in there i don't know that's from like what i read but uh yeah florida's a fucking weird place man i love it with all my heart it's where i'm from Mm. born and raised um but do i want to raise my kid there Mm. i mean we'll see i'm gonna be there for two years so that's the plan and then just save money to get a house save money yeah live with mom and you know have some support with abuela and Mm. shit and it's yeah, it's that. it's tough like uh, here. yeah it's just tough because I feel like things change so quickly especially recently in the past few years yeah so it's hard to get a grasp on like what it's gonna be like even yeah in a year you exactly know I mean? who so, knows that's why I said like yeah. we'll see two years yeah things might shift mm-hmm. you know there might be a an awakening in Florida <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I don't see that happening anytime mm-hmm. soon people are really caught in their ways there mm-hmm. especially in the south. What do you think, like, you know, some would argue that in a way that's even more freedom, you know, like in Florida or Texas, you know, so. And yeah, that's a good point. You're right. right. And mm-hmm. there is a lot of that going on. But um, I don't know. There's freedom here, too. Yeah. How do you explain, uh, let's say, I know you haven't gotten to that point yet because, uh, like you said, it's, it's a, your child's a newborn and stuff. Yeah. But for example, um raising a child in in northern california and as opposed to another place where it's like more hidden from view but like how do you explain the tent cities how do you explain the the like when you drive past and there's just a bunch of people who are like sadly addicted to mad drugs just chilling there whiling out yeah um how do you think you explain that to your child when that day comes or is just is it better to be 
exposed to that so you straight up see like this is a yeah. real part of life and like you have the example as us as parents to you know i don't want to shelter her and i don't want to hide her from the truth because she's going to find out you know sooner or later so the sooner the better and just you know explain to her you know this is how the world is you know there are some people that you know get addicted to drugs there are some people who there's good people and bad people, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't want to, you know, keep her from any of that. I want to show her, I want to show her the truth. That's what I want to show her. Yeah. I want to show her truth and I want to show her awareness. Mm-hmm. I want to teach her awareness. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of people around you, you know. And so what, what was your experience like uh, growing up in Florida and how long did you live there and when did you first like actually move away? I lived there 18 years and I moved... Uh, away when I was 19 to San Francisco Mm. Um, and my experience there was great I had a great childhood I grew up in a suburb of Miami and yeah it was mostly Spanish and black I mean I'm Cuban so that's I, I didn't even understand racism or kind of any of that until like I left Miami mm. and I started traveling like a little further north which is crazy, like if you go on like three hour, two hours north, you like you kind of st- like oh, whoa, okay, it's a little different. Um, but I didn't really like understand it until like I got out of Miami. Really. What did you think about uh, SF when you first got there? What was your living situation like? I'm assuming you went there for skating. Yeah, I went there for skating, and it was my situation was great. I it was like Peter Pan syndrome, like not wanting to grow up, just skate every day, smoke weed, fucking stay out all night, drink, you know, actually I didn't really start drinking until I moved to New York, to be honest. So like 19 to 21, 22, I was just like a really big stoner. Did you live in a skate house in SF? Yeah, I lived in a skate house. Uh, it's uh, The first place I lived in was uh, on Bryant Street and 17th. And that was with like a group of skaters and uh, Floridians too, like Ryan Garchel, Ben Gore, Brian Downey, um, a, a bunch of homies just lived in this like, it was kind of like an art studio and my ex and I were living in a loft. So we had rented out, I traded places with my friend Lucian Moon and he moved to Miami and I took over his like loft for like a year and we just traded places and we were down the street from this warehouse um, that had like Satori and was a wheel company at the time that I rode for and Creation Skateboards that I rode for and that was like down the street and yeah we all like just lived in this skate house um, A-Bear he lived <laughs> underneath a table uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on like a like little sleeping mat in the kitchen, so we'd like move the little curtain like, "Are hey, you good, dude?" It's like morning, like, yeah. and uh, yeah, a lot of roommates, and the rent was like dumb cheap. Oh yeah, yeah, and all of that it was in the mission, like Bryant Street, all that's in the mission. Seventeen, so I lived in the mission for you know, pretty much the whole time I've been in SF. Did it, did it have at that time that reputation like it does now in terms of, uh, you know, all the homelessness and the visibility of... Yeah, yeah, know. maybe not as much, but it was 
definitely visible. More of it was in the TL. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's always been pretty... Graffiti was there too, you know? I mean, the mission's been the mission for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you look at photos from the 70s, excuse me, in like the 60s, it's always had like, you know, Mexican, Mm -hmm. Spanish culture. And I think that's why I really like fell in love with it. You know, I was like, okay, these... These are my people, mm-hmm. you know. Like, were you born in uh, Cuba or? No, no, I was born in Miami. My dad was born in Cuba. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. you're first generation. Of first the... generation. Yeah. Have you been to Cuba? No. Yeah. And when the embargo got lifted during the Obama, you know, uh, presidency, I asked my dad if he wanted to go, and he was like, "Nah." But a few years went by, and he was like, "Okay, I think I'm ready to go." But we haven't made that journey yet. I I, I went. Um, How was it? Got lifted with uh, on a, like a uh, on a trip for for like college and Dude, shit. I hear it's like time traveling. It it definitely is like time traveling. Um, it's really eye opening. Yeah. Um, it was like uh, for my for my like Spanish class and shit, and um, I got to talk to a lot of the locals. I'm Ecuadorian. I speak uh, Spanish fluently. And okay. Spanish was like my first language. Nice. So I got to speak to them, and um, it was it was really eye opening. Um, and it's funny because some of the streets, like I went to. I went to Havana and some of the streets, if you were to just look at them, mm-hmm. you would think that they were mad dangerous. Yeah. But they're just actually impoverished. Yeah. They're not actually, like they're not going to, I don't even think rob you, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I remember um, that uh, I went to some bakery because I was hungry um, and I was like, yo, I want to get like bread. Yeah. And I went to like, I woke up early in the morning, I walked down the street, I went to some uh, bakery and they there was a line, like an ill ass line of people. And I was That's like, the spot. I was like, okay, cool. This is gonna be a spot, right? So I walk in with like a dollar or two, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like trying to get bread, and they won't let me buy it, even mm-hmm. though I have the money. Yeah. Um, because it's the monthly ration. Uh, so uh-huh. all those people, the reason there was a big ass line was because they were getting their monthly uh-huh. ration of bread. So I would talk to the locals, and they give us like, they would say like they give us like let's say uh, a pound of bread per person, a uh, uh, half a pound of salt. Uh, five tomatoes, three eggs, wow. et cetera, et cetera. So completely different life from like a fully from like where we're at now. Where we're at, yeah, you know, for sure. But all those people were super like super nice, mad happy. Yeah. At night, like there would sometimes even be no street lights, and everyone's just chilling, playing music, playing dominoes, relaxing, having fun, literally enjoying life. And it's funny because here, like everyone's shut in their house. It's uh, it's simple, and they have no choice. They don't have cable Mm -hmm. they don't have probably netflix or hulu Mm -hmm. you know they come from a communist you know way of living i mean obviously not now yeah yeah but back then like it's like truly a different life a different life yeah it's like we were speaking earlier about uh the comparison between europe and even america and like we were saying how it's just a different state of living over there like uh what they have provided yeah, like what they have provided for them or like, um, you know, even their state of mental like being. Because, well, that's what I meant by less suffering. Yeah. Like yeah. in their mental mm-hmm. state. Because yeah. I've been to Germany. I have family there. I've been to like different parts of Europe. Yeah. And uh, it's just everyone is just so nice and happy. And like strangers say hello to you. They say good morning. And then being from New York, it's like, yo, like what do they want from me? You know what I mean? It's like, why are they being so happy? And it's, it's kind of sad that <laughs> I have to think that because it's just a natural yeah. human interaction that yeah. we're not used to, I pure, guess. Pure way of living. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're probably more in tune with nature. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are your thoughts on um, like 
being on the East Coast, because I've seen that, uh, you know, you used to talk about how New York is not essentially where you want to live, how it's kind of, um, you know, like too hectic or too toxic, yeah. essentially, yeah. for uh, living, as opposed to the West Coast. So what are your thoughts on that? It's definitely changed my, uh, my perspective. Like, when I was living there, I felt myself kind of being and feeling a little, a bit more of like a curmudgeon, you know, <laughs> kind of like on the train, like, eh, like fucking fall back, or, mm-hmm. you know? And I usually am not like that, you know? But as years went on living there, I felt like really like, you know, what the fuck you looking at? Like, yeah, yeah. That kind of vibe. But I was young too. I was drinking. I was, it was, I was in a different completely, I was in a completely different like headspace, you know? Um, like if I went back now, it'd be fine. I'd be fine, you know? And I'd have my own routine. I wouldn't be so high and so low, you know? Because there was a lot of that going on in my life. That was because of the drinking? Drinking, drugs, you know? Doing, just living fucking that life in New York. Especially when it's your, you're in your early 20s and, you know, you're just skating and you're working, you know, this, you know, job three to four times a week. And when you're not working, you're partying or you're skating. It's, it was a great. I loved it. You know, I don't. Take, I learned a lot from that whole experience. You know. And were you working when you were out there? Or were you just skating? Oh, I was working. I worked all the way until I was like 26, 27. What, what were you doing? I was working at a vegan restaurant. Mm. It's nice. Are you vegan? No. You're just working there. Yeah, I was just working there. Yeah. So uh, you moved there. You moved to SF when you were 19. Yeah. Uh, when did you move to New York from SF? I was 22. And I felt like, all right, my, maybe I should change it up. I just had that feeling. And then my ex at the time was like, hey, my parents are moving back to Brooklyn. And I was like, Brooklyn sounds sick. Like, I've always wanted to live in New York. And she's like, you want to move to New York? I was like, yeah. Did it. And yeah, mm. you know, I'm glad I did. Um, as like a professional skater, what's the what's the deal with like... You say you're moving to Florida. I feel like you can get less coverage there or uh, living in SF versus living in New York. I know it's like harder to, I guess, meet up in New York or mm-hmm. something like that. So what do, you, what do you think about that? As far as coverage in different areas? And just like actually doing it, like actually being like... So you can do it anywhere if you have the right crew. Like in Miami right now, I'm stoked to go back because I have a great crew there and it's small, you know, and there's not a lot of people stepping on your toes as far as like skating spots and finding things like out here in california everyone skates so it's really dense and you know it's kind of like max capacity of as far as like skaters go you know and where's that spot oh shit where's that and everyone's just trying to get to that you know in miami there's really not much of that Mm. so that's great and i really like flying under the radar you know and not being so much in this like you know, out there. Um, but you can get it done. Like, I'm trying to work on another project when I get to Miami, you know, with a with a homie. Mm-hmm. And with homies, you know. Brad Cromer just moved out there, so I'm stoked on that. I get to skate with him more, you know. And But it's all about your mental state and if you want it. Like, I, I still want to skate. You know, and since I haven't been drinking pretty much at all lately, all I can think about is like skating and 
you know, and, and that's pretty much it. Obviously taking care of my kid and stuff in my personal life, but mostly I just want to, you know, I'm motivated right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing to hear. When yeah. did you, uh, um, when did you stop drinking and how long have you been clean for? Um, so I drink wine sometimes. Um, but the last time I drank wine was in Paris, like a month and a half, two months ago. So it's like really like, you know, special occasion kind of like, all right, I'm going to have like a glass of wine, but, um, really stopped drinking beer. Like I haven't had a beer in since October, Mm. basically since Kate was like, Hey, I'm pregnant. Mm. I'm like, all right, this is a good time because my partner is usually the facilitator on the whole, like. Let's let's go out for dinner and grab a drink, you know. Mm-hmm. So living in New York and like you know, essentially like you said, partying and drinking. Mm-hmm. What at what point did you realize like yo, I I can't keep doing this, or like how recent was that, or how long ago was that, or what was the tipping point? You know, like what experience did you have with? It was uh, I was two years into living in New York, and uh, I started dating this girl, and we were just fighting a lot, and you know. We, we just drink a lot and I was very unhappy uh, and I would skate and skating was great it was it was actually weird it was like this crazy this back and forth within myself of like I'm still skating and I'm producing shit mm-hmm. so how is this affecting me mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like a balance so like yeah so like I was like okay this is fine like I'm still producing so I can still make this shit work um but at some point, at one point, I was at a bar, and it was Halloween, and I was uh, with two of my friends, and we were just drinking, and I was literally looking around the bar, and I was kind of like, I think I'm done. I'm done doing this. Um, it was that. It was crazy. It was like that quick. Like I'm, I feel this way. For a reason. Yeah. And that's something needs to, my patterns, I need to break patterns. I need to change something. And I looked at my hand and it was like, I had a pint in my hand and I was like, okay, this might be the reason why I feel this way. Maybe I should put this down mm-hmm. for, you know, a few weeks to see if anything happens. And um, I was with Yajay actually at the time, my friend Yajay mm-hmm. Popson. And he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, dude, I'm unhappy. And I'm, yeah, I'm like really fucking depressed. And I don't know what to do. And, you know, I was on the brink of tears and shit. Like in that bar? Uh, well, no, I was more in that bar. I was like, I'm out. In that bar, I walked out. And they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going home. Oh, shit. Wow. I'm done. <clears throat> and then the next day, I was, he was like, what happened? I was like, dude, I'm not well. And he's like, you should come with me to... Um, to an ayahuasca thing, a ceremony, or he's Brazilian, so him and his mom practice the, the Santi Daimi, it's, mm. and they drink ayahuasca, and they chant, you know, and uh, I didn't know anything about it, and I looked into it, and I was like, okay, this could help, you know, with my depression, and uh, he was like, yeah, you should come with us, and I'm like, well, where you guys do this, and he was like, we go to Edison, New Jersey. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, at some guy, this Puerto Rican's, this dude's house. Mm-hmm. And he holds these ceremonies with like 15 other strangers. 
and uh, he was doing it for a while, and um, and at the time I was like really into like Eastern philosophy, and uh, Yaja was like, "Yo, you should look into like you know uh, these dudes, you know Alan Watts, like Ram Dass, and all these guys, and and uh, kind of prepare my mind for this journey." And basically was to like to go in there and to like all right I'm here not on like a for recreation purposes you know how you take psychedelics and mm-hmm. you're just like you're usually at a fucking party and you're like yeah. taking mushrooms or whatever you know or you're in the woods and you're doing it properly like mm-hmm. you know this is a medicine and I didn't really understand it because I've taken psychedelics for a while now and up until that point did I treat it like you know this is for educational purposes, this is I'm going in this in here to like drink this medicine, and basically to submit, and yeah, and it was a fucking crazy experience. What um what happened exactly? I have so much to say about all this, by the way, but um, yeah, and I I want to share this because I mean I've shared it with a couple people, and uh, I went into this dude's house, and he had this. We were in like a table. And I was with Yajay's mom and Yajay. And I was like, okay, I'm with them. Like, I feel comfortable. And they were, it was a little weird because I was with strangers too. But everyone was very welcoming. And, you know, there was two kung fu masters there. So it was, I was like, this is sick. Because <laughs> I love, you know, kung fu movies and just kung fu. So I was like, cool. Like, I want to talk to these dudes at some point in the night. And uh, so the guy who was doing the ceremony, he was like, you can get up if you want, if you're feeling uncomfortable, and you can move into the living room and go on your own personal journey, which in the daimi, that's usually you're at like a church, and you're just chanting, and you don't break chant. And it was kind of like, it was a little laxed. Mm-hmm. So um, so it started, you know, you, you drink this shot of like this mud liquid it looked like mud or it looked like it was like this brown liquid and uh usually with psychedelics like acid and mushrooms i can feel and hone in on like okay i've had enough you know i don't need like i i know when to like like i can take like i can microdose pretty well because i know what to look for i was like okay i'm good i'm Mm. in a good place right now um with this i didn't know what to feel so I drank a lot Um, people took like three two three shots I took five because I didn't know what to look for it was like oh I don't feel anything you're like 45 minutes in an hour in like damn this is feel nothing on the fifth shot I was yeah fully just it rocked me I felt so I felt so uncomfortable like felt like I was fucking sweating I felt like I was going to die. So you were uh, sit- like in a sitting position? I was or? in a sitting position in, in this table, and I had to like excuse myself and uh, go to the couch in this guy's living room. And uh, I got into like a, you know, Indian-style position, you know, like legs crossed. Um, and uh, I started rocking back and forth, and that was bringing me a little bit more comfort, you know? And then um, I was doing a lot of this, 
you know? And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm like holding on for something. Like, why hold on? Like, just let it, let it take you. And once I did that, I was, it was amazing. It was the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life, mm-hmm. you know? And still to this day, like, I, you know, kind of go back to that, you know. If, if you don't mind me asking, what, um, what experience did you have? Like, what uh, lessons did you have? Because I personally, like, also, you know, like, I've taken psychedelics in my life, and it never was for, like, uh, like a party purpose. It was more, like you said, like a respect type of thing and, like, a yeah. kind of, like, a knowledge and seeking some type of... Uh, I don't know, like information, you could say. Yeah. And um, I've always wanted to actually try ayahuasca. And from what I've heard is that you, the only way to do it is to get a shaman and go to like Peru or like these um, South American countries. I didn't know that. Um, I thought like doing it in America essentially was almost like disrespectful to the yeah. plant. You know what I mean? So when you said Edison, New Jersey, I was yeah, like, yeah, random. I got to talk to you after this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, there's practices around the States, you know, that you can do them at. Um, I don't know if you need a shaman, Mm. you know, it's just set and setting, especially if you've taken psychedelics, you can go on your own journey. You know, what I gathered from it was to submit and to let go. And that was like the Mm. first realization that I got. Meaning like in general? Everything. Yeah. Just let go of everything. Because what's the point of holding on to something that Mm. isn't going to last? I know it sounds morbid. This is all fleeting. You know, this is mm-hmm. all, you know, it's not going to be here for long. It's, it's very like... This is like not going to be here for long. <laughs> this is all yeah. like, so, it, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. This is all like, you know, it It does teach you, like all psychedelics do. You can resonate mm-hmm. with this. I'm sure you, I think about death every day. Mm. I know it sounds morbid, but there's a part in the day where like, oh, that's right. I'm gonna die at some Mm -hmm. point you know and death and life are the same thing and i think americans and western you know culture Mm -hmm. there's this huge like separation yeah and i think that's one of the another realization that psychedelics have brought to like oh it's all one light dark no it's life death it's all the same thing no it's it's really amazing because i think like you said anyone that has taken um you know more than a microdose of psychedelics can agree that there comes a point where you realize like it sounds almost like suicidal and depressing but like there comes a point in the trip if you take enough it's like it's really okay like it's It's like death is not anything because it's truly like almost endless you know what i mean like and like you said you truly do feel like it's just one thing and like these evils and p- happiness and positive is just all one. All There's one. no like, uh, you know, it's, it's we really, created it. Yeah, no, it's true. Society, especially like American society. Yeah, yeah. We've, we don't talk about death. Mm. It's morbid. No, they almost know? push it. No yeah. one wants to like share mm. their, uh, experience, which I think it's just as a beautiful experience as birth. Mm. So I really feel like, the more we talk about it, the more it can become, I don't know, normalized yeah, or, you know, maybe accepted. accepted, you know, in this is something that you should, should accept. Well, yeah, might as well accept it sooner than later. 
Or like in Japanese culture, like in a lot of Japanese cultures, that's like an integral part and test and segment of life. Of life. It's all a part of it. It's all one. There's no separateness. But, you know, Americans and our society is... Yeah. I just think that it's it's been so engraved and like conditioned in our minds. Just sure. even, even that word death, you know, like it just has makes, a negative connotation a negative connotation like it yeah. makes you think of like the news like four dead five shot yeah. killed yeah. murder like blood which is all very tragic yeah. and yeah, very no, sad of course. yeah but it just makes you like uh almost fear it always you know and yeah. um i'm not saying i don't it's so crazy to like talk about this stuff because it's yeah. it's hard to break out of that mold in like an instant because you For can't sure. deny well that we're we conditioned exactly you yeah. know e- yeah. as even my own uh mother you know like i'll kind of go on a talk like this and she's like oh, let, let's not talk about that I'm like but why not why not talk about it it's it's normal you're gonna it's gonna happen I'm gonna lose you you know We're so gonna- would you say that you don't you don't fear death seeing as uh, it is like part of the whole and it is like it is a cycle it's a work in progress I'd say every day I try to let go of something a little bit of something you know whether it's I have small goals daily with it, you know, uh, some kind of confrontation with someone, you know, that went wrong, you know, like that, that's just, all right, let go of that. Like, try not to stoop down to that dude's level. Let's try not to give in to that, you know, energy. That's one way of letting go of that or letting go of thinking about my dog passing away. Okay, I got to like mentally prepare myself for that. But it's it's funny you mentally prepare yourself for it, but there's not really anything you can yeah. do to men- like it's mm-hmm. you can chant. Yeah. I th- I, <laughs> I think that in modern society it's difficult more and more because in eastern philosophies or like eastern, you know, thinking, mm-hmm. uh they they say sometimes like attachment is the root of all suffering sure. essentially. And if you, you can take that many ways, you can take like that as attachment to my phone, attachment to my family, attachment to like serious things and you're like and then you could be like, "Oh, I have to leave it all, otherwise like death will be hard." Yeah. So it's just like a crazy practicing um, non-attachment daily. Yeah, yeah. You know, these are all realizations that I had during that experience. Mm-hmm. Non-attachment, more love. You know, you're the root, you're the cause of your own suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, sometimes there's, you know, stuff happening in our lives that we can't really control and it's okay to suffer. You know, it's okay to feel these, these feelings that you're human, you know, mm-hmm. so feel those emotions go through them, yeah. you know, but know that you're, you can choose when like, all right, I had a good cry. Okay. I think I'm, I'm okay now until the next cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then another breath. And then another moment. And then release. And let go. Because, yeah, dude, Mm -hmm. exactly. What the fuck is the point of holding on? I have trouble with it too daily, dude. This isn't like, I'm not like, figured it out. I didn't figure shit out. Like, I struggle with it still daily. And I get sucked right back in. Mm. Society. Ego. um, You know, catching myself. That's another thing with uh, things that happen in your life, someone cutting you off in the fucking road, catching myself, don't react to that. Mm. That shit's hard. Yeah. You know? Because once again, you're human. You're conditioned to 
honk when someone's at a stoplight and they're on your phone or they're on their phone and they're not aware of their surroundings. So after so after you did um the had the ayahuasca ceremony, um after that you kind of went into that like feeling depressed and you you didn't know what was really wrong and then mm. after that how did you feel uh, and then how was it in terms of the the drinking was it easy to to stop were there roadblocks easy it was it was like night and day it was insane you know and it was uh i remember leaving there and getting on the train and like telling yaje how much i loved him and how much i loved like just an outpour of love it was almost as if like like when my kid came out a few weeks ago that's how i can describe it like when I had her in my hands and I was like, okay, this is kind of like a psychedelic experience. Like I have this infinite love for this being and, you know, her life is in my hands and, you know, I'm going to take care of her forever. And that love, it, that's what I felt. I felt love. I felt compassion, you know, even for like my partner at the time because she was going through stuff and she didn't want to. I was like, hey, you should come with me. And she's like, no, I'm good. You know, and she was a little younger than me. She still wanted to, she wanted to continue on the party train. And I was like, I'm done. I want to, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to start working on myself and start, mm. you know, figuring shit out, breaking patterns and, you know. And so when I saw her, she was like, how was it? And I gave her a hug. Mm. And I was just like, I love you. And that was it. And whatever animosity we had towards each other you know i like let go of that I'm like you can do whatever you want to me you you can't hurt me anymore you can't we can't i'm not gonna hurt you if you want to continue like that's how i can like like basically explain it more compassion mm -hmm. more love so yeah. you said that you were into uh, eastern philosophies a little bit like like which ones and what was your interest in them and i guess what did you um, it? let's see, Buddhism. And how did you initially get into this shit? I, I don't know. I was, I've always felt like, I just can't, there's something else, you know, mm -hmm. spiritual. I think that's how I came, I came into it. More like I'm more spiritual and like, I grew up Catholic. So, uh, when I got out of that, I was like, well, you know, people are like, you have to believe in something. I'm like, why? Why can't I just believe in self? You know, mm. you're God. You're God. I'm a God. We're all gods here. You know, I can pick up this mic. I could. People build buildings. I think people have forgot about that. Mm. You know, like the, the connection with self and the power of self. You know, and I think yeah, I really resonated with. Uh, just stuff from the east everything like so it wasn't da just Taoism it wasn't just Buddhism yeah. it was like everything from the east was I, I took tidbits from a lot of it mm -hmm. and I was like okay this resonates with me or this is too extreme or you know and I kind of made my own religion up mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's amazing because that's personally kind of what I had interest in just taking bits of everything even if it's not just from the east from just life in general, life in general yeah. and just taking what you can and applying it to your life and making your own opinions and viewpoints and yeah. making adjustments too. Yeah, yeah yeah and like your way of life that you choose to follow you know yeah. and uh, i think it's just all good to be honest and in terms of the drinking like 
it's amazing that it's all like just a, a road to betterment because whether it be going to AA, whether it be going to, you know, we just talked to um, a guest, Aliasha, about he did hypnotherapy. Okay. And, you know, whether it be that road or like ayahuasca, yeah. just, it's all, if the end goal is, you know, bettering yourself and quitting what you think to yourself is a rock bottom or a toxic way of life, mm-hmm. it's why not? Why not? Pa- why there's so many paths. You why know? fucking not? Just yeah. There's not one path, but. There's many. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dude. Why? Why not? Um, you see the suffering, you know the root of your suffering, and some people are just, just like, I'm gonna continue doing this, mm. you know. And, and they are like, Oh, why do I feel like this? And like, Well, maybe because of this. But that's not my place to tell someone, you know, what they should and shouldn't do. Like, um, Yaje's mom said. Uh, the ayahuasca will find them. Like you don't need to like shout it on the top of a you know mountain or anything and be like you know. But for like the first three months, I felt that I felt like kind of like you know a friend was having girlfriend problems and I was telling him like, look, she's her own person. You need to let her go through her own. You need to let her go and like you know talk to her about whether or not you want to like continue this but she's gonna do whatever she's gonna do you don't control her you don't own her mm. and he didn't get that mm. he's like what do you mean she's my girlfriend i'm like no you you don't own her sure she's your girlfriend you can play that role there's a lot of role playing in all of this you know but you don't own her and i was trying to do that the first three months and i had to pump the brakes because i was like damn Dela's losing it Dela's fucking crazy which Fuck, maybe I was, maybe I am, still am. Like, <laughs> do you, do I don't you ever know. feel like, uh, <laughs> like? Do you ever feel like, like, in in the skate community, since it's not like as common to be like reading about Buddhism or Taoism or talking about how everything is one and 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 doing shit like that? I'm assuming you've gotten into like meditation and fasting a little bit here and there and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's not really a common thing, especially like. Uh, skateboarding like has had a thing where it's like a lot of it's based off of like a the whole type of like especially before like the sex drugs and rock and roll aspect mm. like you see hotel rooms like filled with fucking shit like yeah. like uh the whole point is to be like yeah i'm like you know living this crazy life and i'm gonna go front lip this 12 stair with a kink and like it's gonna work out and it's not even gonna affect me um do you ever feel like there was like almost like an ad at odds thing or like a lack of relation or what do you think yeah, I mean, uh, skaters nowadays, like, psychedelia is now a more accepted thing. So skaters are, which back in my day, it was like, you know, fucking Montley Crew, like, go to the hotel, fucking get drunk, uh, you know, and destroy it. Or not destroy it, but, you know, like, have fun and, you know... Take advantage of this, you know, like rock and roll or whatever Mm -hmm. you, you know, what you were basically saying. Um, Yeah, that was more of a thing. But now I think it's people are kind of taking a different approach, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, As far as like how it affected me. Wait, so what was the question? The Do you you ever feel like you, you, as you grow older and you are finding just different stuff in your life like yeah. you go from not really partying as much mm-hmm. you you start like having these different experiences and i 
essentially like having a what I consider like maybe a broader perspective because you just had different experiences um, and traveling. Do you ever feel like you don't relate as much to like uh, the skateboarders as you as you used to? A little bit, yeah, for sure. That's definitely well because you're in a different part of your life. You're in a different time in your life. Like I have friends that are younger than me that are still doing that, which is fine. Do it. Do it till you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and. I'm not going to the bar till 2 a.m. anymore. Hmm. It's, I'm just not doing that. I'm not really drinking, you know, like that anymore. Um, but I will say this. as In terms of, like, skating, too, kind of boozing helps <laughs> helps out a little bit, you know, at least for me when I was younger because it was no mind, you know. Now there's so much mind, you know, for me. Like, I'm really up here, and I'm thinking a lot about things more. You know, I'm more conscious. You know, there's more of an awakening. And back then, when I was young, it was just like, just, you know, fuck all. Mm-hmm. Like, drink, smoke, lip slide the fucking 12-stair rail, yeah, yeah. put my brain down on the fucking ground, no thought, just do it, just do, more do, mm-hmm. less thought. Now there's, like, thought, do... There's, there's a, you know, there's a lot of layers. Of I, I find it really interesting, honestly, because uh, like, I've skateboarded like my whole life. Mm-hmm. My idols, like my initial idols, mm-hmm. uh, aside from like graffiti, uh, I'm really into martial arts. Aside from martial arts, but the first, 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 yeah, was was skateboarders. And uh, like through this show, we've gotten to talk to like some pretty ill skaters, like yeah. people I never thought in my life that we'd be able to speak to, right? And they're like a lot of them came from like that like sex drugs and uh sex drugs and like rock and roll style Mm -hmm. era where he was even more od than like uh and when you speak and talk to them like it's crazy like the shift it's fucking insane like this we spoke to uh to andy roy and like he's awesome he's been through a really insane life transformation when you see him in videos it's like real deal like sex drugs like he's like the icon of that yeah and then when we when we spoke to him it's like a different story um and like the shifts and like what they have to say about it and one thing i find really really beautiful too is like there are people who literally go to like a rock bottom that is straight up like you would think you cannot come back from and then they come back from it and uh it's it's like it's like inspiring to see because then you think of your own life and you're like well if they can do that then like And, like, he was talking about, like, how it's, like, it's not like he was, like, if he can do it, anyone can do it. Because he's on some, like, literally fuck everything shit. Yeah. And, like, no plan at all. Like, it's just, like, what happens, happens. So, it's it's really cool to see. And, like, it it opens my mind, too. Because, like, that's something that I've had a thing with. Like, as I, as as I, like, as the years pass, like, sometimes I feel less in in relation to, like, to, like, skateboarders. Mm -hmm. Uh... But then if I like sit down with someone like you or someone like, and I realize like, it's, it's just like a, it's like, there's like everything and everything. Like there's like, there's a bunch of different types of people in skating, especially now there's a bunch of different types of people in graffiti. Like mm-hmm. not every graph writer is like a fucking, you know, there's a whole, yeah, it's yeah. everything. That's why we It's like relate. all walks of life. You know, it's very similar. And I also don't want to look down upon like uh, anyone who's in that phase of, cause that's an important phase that like makes you who you are. And it is a huge part of like, what in my opinion makes skating so appealing and so sick and like all those videos you see like that is an appeal to it and uh that is like what made it what it is for a lot of the shit like like 
that attitude that comes with like Big Brother magazine or or Thrasher, like yeah. like that, like fucking. Or like fuck you, you had yeah, yeah, yeah like, fuck you mentality. You'd yeah. see like the that's skateboarding, that's yeah. craft, that's you know musicians, that's artists. Mm. That's we. That's why we relate. It's the fuck you mentality. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I've had a crazy strong experience with what you guys are talking about. Just um, you know, understanding even through this podcast mm-hmm. that everyone just has a story. Everyone's really going through their own thing in this like existence. You know what I mean? And it's funny because the last few mushroom trips i don't really take them out often but it's funny because they happen exactly when they should Mm -hmm. and um just like a few weeks ago i took like a microdose and i was just out camping or whatever and something i've been feeling recently on those trips is um like an overwhelming feeling of understanding that everyone in my life is going through something and it's almost like an emotional feeling you know like uh, that like you know just having a cousin maybe like being in rehab when he was younger like how he's doing now it makes you pull out your phone and just message these people that you like love them and um you know it's it's a really powerful feeling or even thinking about my mom like you said she's getting older and like it's it's really crazy that and that can just translate into everyone in the world if you really think about it yeah. you know what i mean and uh it's just really good stuff all yeah, this it know. is you know uh I pay it forward, you know, paying it forward. Like if you're, especially you have these feelings um, after a, just in general, not even after a trip like that, you know, that's, that's pure, raw human emotion that you're feeling. And that's awesome that you're aware, you're aware enough to be like, oh, I should reach out to my cousin. I should reach out to, you know, this person's having a hard time. You know, or just like someone that you haven't spoken to in a while, like, hey, I just wanted to say what's up, see how you're doing. Um, There's a lot more of that lately, I feel like, which is great. Um, So, so nowadays, like, what um, what role does the skateboarding play in your life? Like, how often are you skating? Are you filming for any video parts? And uh, yeah, like, what's what's the deal with that? Do you have any like uh, underlying injuries? No, thank God, no injuries. I've been pretty healthy the last like year or two. It's been nice. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on this part's pretty much done, this habitat part. Mm. Um, and then yeah, I'm just ready to sink my teeth into another project. And that's basically what I want to do as long as my body's, you know, willing and able, mm. you know, for me to do that. Like I want to just keep producing footage and skating and having fun and hanging out with my friends and shooting photos and you know just basically doing what I've been doing and yeah those are the like I had small projects and it's not much has changed you know go on trips skate you know it's kind of you still go on skate trips and stuff yeah I mean since the kid now but yeah before definitely been going on a bunch of trips I was actually going to ask you how that is. How is it touring and how do you feel when you're, you know, in like close proximity with people all the time for an extended period of time? Uh, I, well, the people I travel with, they're, that it's family. So, I mean, I, I love them. So it, it's easy, you know, and they, everyone understands like each other, you know, and there's no like, and then people ask what, like, hey, how you doing today? You good? You know? And that's really important, you know. Um, but yeah, traveling's been great, and 
traveling with a bunch of people. Sometimes it could be a little crazy, you know, especially on a really short trip. A lot of people, short trip, not a lot of time to do stuff, you know, and to, you know, skate spots and you're not there with like a smaller group mm -hmm. for a longer period of time. You can produce more. So I think I go into these trips with uh, very little expectations these days. You know, not. Do you have much. any uh, locations that you went to that were really standout, like either in terms of just the tour and how fun it was, or even just like some something that you took away, like from a country that was just like so different that made you really realize things that you otherwise wouldn't Re have? Recently, I spent time in Paris and I've been there a bunch. I love Paris and I love, you know, the people there and I got a good community of friends there. Um, and. You know, it's kind of almost, I feel like comfortable there. Kind of like New York, you know, you like live somewhere for a while. I never lived in Paris, but I've gone there enough times to like, oh, I know where I'm at. You know, this feels comfortable and I can run into ride bike down the street and like someone will be like, yo, like, yo, what up? You know, that's pretty sick to have that in like a different country. Um, yeah, Paris is so sick. Paris is so sick rad. For skating. It's sick for graph too, and it's a beautiful. It's a, like a really beautiful city. Their architecture is the history. It's insane. It's insane. All Europe. You Have know. you ever uh, ridden that? Like, like you chilled by the river with all of the all of the architecture to the left and right of it. It's fucking mind blowing. The, the Seine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. literally mind blowing. Yeah. I'm like, why yeah. the fuck? This is like. This is look like this. Seven hundred years old. Six hundred yeah. years old. This church here is like. 800 and the attention old. to detail that they put on things like that yeah. would be like straight up like 13 stories high and you're like yeah. why did you even care if uh and i'm not to say that you, sh that you shouldn't i'm like hyped that they did yeah but i'm saying like who even did this like took the time to make this thing on top like this is so no one's going to be close enough to this to see the detail yeah and it's crazy it's such a sick city i feel like it's very similar to new york yeah um in a strange way no, not I, in terms of the architecture no but, but I, I yeah the vibe yeah, I, I agree. The skate spots are really sick. Yep. You can go to the suburbs and skate. That's also sick. So sick. They have like unique spots too. Like yep. they have that brick, that brick like bank in the suburbs. Yeah. I went there. Yeah, Critel. Yeah, that place is dope. Place that is ledge amazing. that goes down. Yeah, marble. Yeah. Love it. Was just there. Damn, I can't wait to go. <laughs> yeah. This place yeah, is amazing. It's sick. Um, but yeah, there are a few countries that I've been to, a few places that I've traveled that have been, Paris is one of them. You know, Portugal, Japan, um, you know, I really love the UK, um, you know, Spain. But, I mean, each place has their, you know, I have a little bit of, there's a place for me there. Mm. Like, I really, like, whether it's the food, people, you know, it's, I can, I can pretty much, like, go any. I feel like I can go anywhere and, like, be okay. Because I'm okay. I feel like okay here mm -hmm. like within myself. I actually wanted to ask you uh, from one of your interviews. You said you mentioned you went to Kyrgyzstan, which is like not a tourist hotspot. So no. what, what was up with that? that? Was, yeah, that was a random Red Bull trip <laughs> with people that I've had, I'd never met before in my life. So, and this was during the whole like, this was like five months after mm -hmm. the, that ayahuasca experience. And I had taken it... Uh, three times after mm -hmm. the first time mm -hmm. and so it wasn't just once so i was like just flooded with all of this like 
whoa, like life is fucking yeah. sick. And for those that don't know, that's like Eastern Europe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're like Kazakhstan, like yeah, all that kind it's of Kazakh, stuff. It's the yeah. Stans, like yeah. Uzbekistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Kazakhstan. There, life there is pretty rowdy. So Pretty, uh, well, life there was actually... Um, so yeah, going there was definitely like uh, like insane experience. Like I'll never, I'm never gonna go back there, you know. And uh, life there is no different from life here, to be honest. At least in the city of Bishkek, which is like their capital, and people are going to school there, people are driving to work, you know. It's very like kind of the same here. I wouldn't say too Western, you know, but. It's a big Muslim, you know, uh, country, mm-hmm. and uh, and also like the monuments there. It's like post-Soviet, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. So there's just marble everywhere. Um, did but, you? Sorry, sorry, go on. No, no. I was just gonna ask. Did you drive through any of the? We did. Yeah, yeah. The so, area? so when you leave the city, it's just rural. Mm-hmm. You know, people living in yurts. You know, and um we were driving through this like mountain mountainous area and there was like just two yurts in the distance and we got off to like meet the locals the people there and they the the father the main dude there he was uh communicating with me uh through my tattoos because i have like a wolf and an eagle and i have all these animals all over you know tattooed on me and he was like eagle up there wolf over here and i was just like whoa sick um none of them have ever seen an iphone before you know so it was i was taking selfies with them with the kids you know so it was kind of like whoa really um yeah this is this is life you know this is uh they get milk they get yak milk you know and they just live off the land yeah no that that lifestyle is um it, it it's so different than from here because like there's a ufc fighter khabib he's from like uh one of those that area yeah. around there and you know they come to here and they just like mop people because they're just of a different breed you yeah, know what i mean fully and they're just like their mindset on life is just like like there's iron yeah you know? yeah it's crazy <laughs> like their their whole mindset is is survival mm. and you know living off the land and um it's very like raw reality it's just simple it's simplistic yeah. there's no external fucking you know blue light in your face mm-hmm. all the time or you know instagram or mm. there's none of that shit so it was definitely like a back to the roots back to the land kind of type vibe and like i said i had already was already going through this like journey like was sober for you know already a few months after that and i was really soaking it in as opposed to like when i went on trips you know i just fucking drink and not to say that i wasn't retaining stuff but i was retaining a little bit less maybe yeah yeah. of course because i feel like you know after especially going through kind of quitting drinking yeah it's it's a lot better to be in like a countryside in Dagestan or whatever. And yeah. instead of like yeah. Delancey street where like bars yeah. are just in your face 24 seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? So subconsciously it's definitely better to be out in the wild. It was, yeah, it was a better, definitely a good like uh, experience for me. And I met a lot of amazing people on that trip from 
like I met this German dude who was on the trip. He's from Berlin. His name's Tiak. And I was like, hey, I'm actually going to spend three months in Europe. Um, and he's like, you should come to Berlin and you can stay with me. And, you know, I you know, built a relationship with that, with the homie. And I went to Berlin and I stayed with him for like a week. And he let me crash in his pad with his lady. And, you know, at that point in my life, I was really like trying to not skate, go to a place and stack clips so much. I was more focused on like going to these places. Sure, skate. And if filming works out, great. But it was more like I was trying to connect mm. with people. I was trying to connect with, you know, like uh, wherever I went. I was like, all right, this is more important. Getting to know you and having this connection with you is more important than skating right now for me at this point in my life. Because I don't know, that that goes that lasts way longer than, you know, a skate clip. Mm. A skate clip these days, Doesn't especially these matter. days, yeah. shit don't matter. Yeah. It's like, well, on to the next. Like, yeah, yeah. So, you know... I I really wanted that was kind of like the objective on that trip I was like all right I'm gonna come out here do the Kyrgyzstan thing and then I think that's when I had that realization like okay I'm about to like open up my life to these strangers these people from France Germany uh, there was a, an American on the trip Aiden Campbell you know I'd never met him before great dude you know so it was like it was a time of like being open, dropping your guard, dropping your barrier, your wall that most people have up. And, mm. you know, and it was, dude, I'm glad I did that. I was uh, European for three months. <laughs> I was Euro for three months, dude. Mm. It was a really, really amazing experience. And ever since that experience, I, I met people still to this day that I'm like, like this with, you know. And I stayed with my homie uh, Juan in Paris. And I met him all those years ago, and he's from Miami, actually, and there was a, like, a, a whole thing in Paris, like, oh, you're from Miami, you know Juan? I'm like, no, never, maybe different generation. So I met this dude Juan out there, and he and I still, like, stayed with him, like, two months ago, and he's like, you can stay with me as long as you want. That's amazing, man. Um, it's sick that you've been able to use your, like, skateboarding in pretty much every aspect of your life for self-improvement, self-betterment, and just, like, making your life iller. Uh, thank you for coming on the show and speaking. Yeah, and, uh, no worries. I, I Thanks really, for having me. Of course, man. And, yeah. and uh, honestly, nothing but well wishes for you and your family. And your, Appreciate that. I'm gonna keep keeping you in our thoughts, like uh, your, you. your your child and your journey going to Miami and everything again, and coming back here. I feel like it's all gonna work out. Yeah. So thank you again. Thanks, man, dude. It's it's been a pleasure, honestly. And like even this conversation was like a psychedelic trip. You know, like when you get deep into that stuff, I feel like there's just like this energy in the air, and it's it's amazing. I, so it really is, yeah. uh, and I enjoy talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, makes me feel makes me feel a kind of way. You know, and mm -hmm. you know we're all here. We're all yeah, in this man. together, dude. We're not alone. Yeah, so. man. So I wish you luck with thank the you. newborn, everything. So thank you. Thanks thank for having me, guys. For sure, yo. Thank Appreciate you. it.